You're listening to 88.9 WDBM. I'm Cameron Billis, and this is The Horsepower for Impact Sports. It's the second podcast that we have, and I'm incredibly excited to be back, bringing you all your Pistons news. And, you know, start of the regular season just happened. Pistons now have played four games. They are 2-2 two and two by defeating the Wizards 113-102, to then taking a loss on the road in the Grizzlies' home opener 111-108 to in overtime. Then they came back at home to beat Boston 87-77, to and recently the other night they lost to the Indiana Pacers, who are now 5-0, and 99-91. Uh, we're going to take a more in-depth look at each game, how the Pistons did, how they match up against the teams coming up this week, and just taking a look more at their rotation, how does Kyle Singler fit in, will Gigi Dutome finally start to get more minutes, what's happening to Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and a whole lot more here on the horsepower. All right, well, let's start off taking a look at the Pistons' regular season opener against the Washington Wizards. Pistons, as I said, won 113-102, to and there was a lot of good things happening for the Pistons this game. As expected, the big thing for Detroit was going to be their front court. How would they all work together? How do they compare to other front courts? And from looking at the box score of this game, you can see that the Pistons' front court absolutely shined. Greg Monroe and Josh Smith both had a ton of minutes. Monroe playing 41, Josh Smith playing 40. And Monroe absolutely shined this game. He scored 24 points, had a block, had 16 rebounds, 11 of those on the defensive side of the ball. And Greg Monroe actually has the most double-doubles in the NBA since 2011-2012. And Josh Smith is fifth in that category since that time. So you know that when you have those two guys playing the three and the four for your team, you're going to get a lot of rebounds and just dominate the boards. Then when you throw on Andre Drummond to the mix, who in the game against Washington added eight rebounds, you got a good front court that can just beat anyone on the boards in the league. Now, the Pistons in that game, it was never really in doubt. They, in the first quarter, they took a 25-22 to lead. Then in the second quarter, that's when they really separated themselves, outscoring the Wizards by nine. I mean, and the, and the Wizards are, they're a good team. They are a team that, just like the Pistons, are expecting to make the playoffs this year. They've been in the lottery the last few years, drafting guys such as John Wall, Bradley Beal, and this year they drafted Otto Porter, who at the time wasn't able to play because he's hurt. They recently, before that game, made a trade for Marcin Gortat from the Suns, who is one of the best centers in the league, very underrated. will go out there and get you a double-double almost every night, just an animal on the boards. And Pistons are an interesting team. Now, keep in mind, at this time, the Pistons did not have either Brandon Jennings or Rodney Stuckey. So, with that being said, Kyle Singler and Contavious Caldwell-Pope were expected to come in and do big things for this team. It was Pope's first game, as a pist- first regular season game as a Piston, and you could see that he was nervous. He was taking some tough shots. He was just almost outrunning himself out there. He was going too fast for the game. He was losing the ball, so the handle of the ball a lot. His jump shot just wasn't quite there, shooting only 4 for 12 and 0 for 3 from 3. But he did have a very nice game and 27 minutes of play. He scored 9 points, only had 2 turnovers, which is not bad for the first game of a rookie. Uh, he had 2 steals, 2 assists, a rebound. And shot one from two from the free throw line. Now, Contavious call that's a bright spot for them, considering they're not expecting him to do much this year. You know, he's supposed to come in and hit the open three-point jumper, which in this game he obviously wasn't able to do. But, you know, when you get a team that's expected to make the playoffs, which the Pistons now are, 
it's a bonus when you can have rookies come in and give you 27 minutes off the bench and add nine points and have a plus seven differential. Because a lot of t- if you look at some of the best teams in the league, Miami, Oklahoma City, uh, Chicago, they don't have rookies coming in and really making a huge impact as to being the best player on your team. It's all about the role players at that point and how they produce for you in the playoffs. Um, obviously, we're a long ways away from that, but it's good to see that Pope has the confidence to come in, play that much time, and produce for you on the court. Now, I mentioned Kyle Singler, who also had 27 minutes of play in this game, shot two for six, one from five from downtown, had eight points, had eight rebounds and an assist. And, you know, he has been a guy who was drafted in the second round by the Pistons, didn't come to Detroit right right away, played a season in Spain, and, you know, I think that's done wonders for him. He has really shined in the role that he has had. He has consistently playing above 25 minutes a game in the Pistons' first four games of the season, has always had a very good plus-minus differential, which means he's playing good defense and putting points on the board, or the team is putting points on the board when he's out there. And, you know, he can knock down a three-point jumper, which the Pistons desperately need, especially since Luigi Dottome has been a little banged up and hasn't been able to play very much. So, I mean, the Pistons have a very talented starting ro- starting rotation. What separates the top notch of the East from the bottom and this is true for the West as well, is how will the guys on the bench come in and play for you? I mean, let's take a look at the Los Angeles Clippers. They have one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Now, their starting rotation has stars such as Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, but when you have guys coming off the bench such as you got Darren Collison, Jamal Crawford again, Willie Green, Matt Barnes, Antoine Jameson, Byron Mullins. I mean, that is a deep team that can definitely do some damage in the West. Now, they have their stars who need to do well in order for them to make a championship run. But, I mean, it's not just they have five good players and a bench that hopefully can pull something together when it matters. They have guys who they know are talented enough to come in and do the jobs that that Doc Rivers will require. Obviously, the Clippers have spent the last few seasons getting to where they're at by making big-time moves. The Pistons are starting that transition now when they went out and signed Brandon Jennings and Josh Smith. And again, we're only four games into the season, so there's still a lot to be seen. But, you know, the Pistons bench, from what I have what I can tell, has been very productive and could end up being a bright spot for this team. Now, they'll have their rough patches along the way, but adversity can do wonders for a team. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, just stuff like that. So anyway, getting back to the game against the Wizards, one, th- one thing that really comes to mind is that Josh Smith only took 12 shots. Now, for him, that is not a lot. He shot three from seven from downtown, which for him is very good. But if you look at some of the later games the Pistons have had, Smith against Memphis took 23 shots. Smith against the Celtics took 15 shots. And Smith against Indiana took 16 shots. In the games that we've won, Smith has taken his a fewer amount of shots than he has in the games that we've lost. He's not a very good shooter, but somehow he doesn't seem to get that through his head. He loves to go out and shoot the three ball, which here's the thing. I, when, when you bring in a guy like Josh Smith, and this is true for Brandon Jennings as well because he has the same problem, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 15 points a game, 
seven rebounds a game, maybe two about a block a game, and a steal or two. Now, any coach in the league would love to have that. That's the positive side. On the negative side, you know what you're going to get where he's going to shoot at least 15 shots a game, at least five threes that he's going to miss most of them, and he doesn't comprehend his. that's not his forte. You know, there was an interesting statistic that I found where Josh Smith, over the course of this season, is shooting 25% from three, which is pretty poor, but inside the arc, he's shooting 53%, which is unbelievable. That's one of the top in the league. And, you know, if you're if you're Mo Cheeks, you got to go up to him and you got to rein him in. You got to say, Josh, I know you like to shoot that three ball. I don't mind if you do it a few times during the game, but you got to realize that you are going to outscore people inside the paint. You're athletic. You've proven that you shoot well from inside. Why not drive it to the rim, take some mid-range J's, and just rack up the points that way. Coming into the season, their believed struggle was going to be spreading out the floor. So Josh Smith has said over the offseason that he's been working on his three-point shooting. Rasheed Wallace has said that he's been working on his three-point shooting. But, you know, clearly it's not nearly improved enough that he can go out there and shoot several threes a game. I mean, I mean, 25% is just it's pretty abysmal from three-point, uh, and that cannot continue if the Pistons are going to have success. Uh, against the Grizzlies, Josh Smith shot the ball 23 times. 11 of those were from three-point range, and he only made three of them. You know, that's, that's a terrible percentage. That and I mean, there's a reason we lost that game. Now, I'd like to talk about this game specifically because I think it was, it was the biggest game the Pistons have played so far this season. They had a six-point lead with a minute and five seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they blew it. Uh, the Grizzlies took it to overtime, and once it got there, the Pistons really had no shot as Zach Randolph just dominated them in overtime. Uh, but Chauncey Billups said this, that as tough of a game as that was, it showed a lot about their team. It showed how resilient they were because they they were losing for most of the game. They got outscored in the second quarter, 30-20. to 20. They always seemed to be down, but they never let themselves get out of it. And that is huge for a team that's looking to make the playoffs. Being resilient, being able to come back and fight off pretty good double-digit size deficits is something that this team can take, move forward and say, look, we have the capability to always stay in a basketball game. If we motivate ourselves and say to ourselves that we can, we can do this, we can come back and we can beat this team, that will do wonders for this team moving forward. More specifically into the Memphis game, Josh Smith did have a good game, even though he struggled shooting. He had 19 points, three blocks, three steals, five assists, and eight rebounds. So, you know, he's still making an impact on the game. And, you know, Andre Drummond that game played 48 minutes, getting 16 rebounds and 12 points. So it's very good for the young gun to come in and have that big of a role it's great to see him get the minutes. He is so important to this team going forward. He is going to be a huge star. Finally, he's getting the chance to prove himself as a starter. Now, looking at the Pistons team as a whole, so far this season, they've averaged ninety about 100 points a game, which is good for 12th overall in the league. Surprisingly, only 43 rebounds per game, which is right in the middle of the pack, 15th overall. They've averaged about 19 assists per game, which is on the lower end, uh, ranking 20th overall. 
But their defense has been pretty solid, only allowing 97 points per game, which is good for 10th overall. And going more specific into Pistons points per game, they lead the league with 53 points per game in the paint, which is about 6.5 points per game increase from last year and more than two points above the second place 76ers in that perspective, which makes you wonder where do the Pistons front court rank among teams currently in the NBA? They go out and play the Memphis Grizzlies and Indiana Pacers. They lose to both of them, who, in my opinion, those two teams have the best two front courts. You look at Memphis, they have Marcus Sowell and Zach Randolph. Uh, Randolph put up 16 points, 10 rebounds. Marcus Sowell put up 15 points, 8 rebounds, and added 5 assists and 2 blocks to that. And, you know, as good as the Pistons front court played, the Grizzlies front court played that much better. Marcus Gasol won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Obviously, Andre Drummond doesn't have that on his resume yet. I think it will come. I think he's an incredible shot blocker. Josh Smith could win Defensive Player of the Year anytime. You know, and then looking at Indiana, you have Roy Hibbert and David West. And what gave Miami fits in the Eastern Conference Finals last year was Indiana's size. They absolutely dominated the boards because that's not Miami's strong suit. And to see the Pistons go out and compete with two of the best front courts in the NBA and unfortunately lose both of them, but keeping up with them, it was it was it was good to see, but it shows just we're not quite at that that level yet. I mean, there's a reason both the Grizzlies and the Pacers made their prospective conference finals. Again, we're four games into the season. There's so much more basketball to be played, so much more the Pistons can learn from each other and other teams that they just have yet to see. I mean, it's it's not something I'd get myself concerned over. It's just something that's interesting to take a look at. Now, the win over the Celtics, uh, the Pistons won 87-77, to which moved them to 2-1 and one on the season at the time. This game was never really in doubt. The Pistons dominated the whole way. Drummond, Smith, and Monroe were tailing up big-time minutes. This was Brandon Jennings' debut for the Pistons, in which he played 31 minutes, had 14 points, 4 steals, and 4 assists. And, you know, he kept his shot in check. He only shot the ball 12 times, which is pretty low for him. Shot 5 for 12, 1 for 2 from downtown. And that's good to see. I think he needs to do more of a job of being facilitator rather than score. Now, there will be times where the Pistons need him to score, but if he plays like he does in Milwaukee where he thinks he has to go out and take 20, 25 shots a game, the Pistons will not succeed because with him and Josh Smith both having that same general mindset, they will not work out well together. That I can promise you. And, you know, something that went unnoticed last year in Andre Drummond's rookie campaign was his shooting percentage. He had a shooting percentage above 50%, 50%, and obviously those were all inside the arc because Drummond's not going to take three-point jumpers for you. But this season, he's off to another great start with that. He's shooting about 56% from inside the arc, which is unbelievable. That will definitely compete for tops in the league. And the points that he gets are just so easy. They're put-back dunks. They're point guards penetrating the paint and then making a late dish to him for an easy dunk or layup for Drummond. That's all you need from him. He could do Just doing that alone. He doesn't need to do hook shots. He doesn't... I mean, at the time, like, it will be, ni- it will be nice for him to eventually get a post game, and he will soon with Rashid working with him. But 
Drummond is so talented that he can go out there and get you 15 points a game just by the easy dish-offs, the easy layups, the easy putbacks. And, you know, that's all you need from him right now when you have guys like Greg Monroe and Josh Smith helping him out in the paint. And the presence he puts out on defense, just being able to block shots, is just he's an athletic freak who, I mean, him and Smith are doing an unbelievable job shutting down their rim. They're not giving up any easy buckets. Smith is averaging 2.3 blocks per game, which is leading the Pistons. I, I can't even say this enough, how good of a job this Pistons front court can do and the success that they can have over the course of the season. It will be unbelievable to watch. All three of those guys can make the all-star team for Detroit, uh, for the Eastern Conference. I don't think it will happen because the Pistons are not a big market team. Greg Monroe does not get a lot of love. And Josh Smith has never made an all-star team, but has always had the ability to do so. And I think Drummond could, but I don't know if he'll quite have the numbers to do so this year. But talent-wise, all three of those guys deserve to be in the all-star game. All right, and finally, uh, just to recap, the Pacers-Pistons real quick here on 88.9 WDBM. This is the Horsepower. I'm Cameron Billis. You know, the Pistons lost 99-91, and... They showed, again, some resilience, having a nice comeback in the second quarter to go up by three in the halftime, outscoring Indiana 27-9 in the second quarter. But Indiana started off the third quarter hot. They went on a nice little run, outscored the Pistons 36-22 in the third quarter. And, you know, from that point on, it was clear the Pistons were outmatched. Paul George just lit Detroit up, having 31 points, four steals, four assists, 10 rebounds shooting 50% from three, 12 of 18 overall. And if you look at the Pistons box score, Brandon Jennings shot six for 20. Josh Smith shot shot five for 16, only one from six from downtown. Jennings only shot one from six from downtown. Chauncey shot 0 for three from downtown. Detome shot 0 for four from downtown. Kyle Singler shot 0 for two from three-point range. The Pistons really struggled to shoot the ball this game. And you know, at the end of the day, it caused the combination of that and not being able to defend star small forward Paul George, it cost them the game. When you when you have a guy like Josh Smith, you expect him to shut down the opposing team's best player. Now, he didn't do that against Paul George and it cost them the game. Uh Pistons last year went eight and eight against Central Division foes and so far they've started off 0 and one. I mean, there's obviously room for improvement, and I think that 8-8 eight and eight record should improve, and I think it will improve, and it has to improve in order for the Pistons to, again, call themselves playoff contenders, which is the goal. It is playoffs or bust for this team. Now, Pistons have a very interesting schedule coming up. They have their first true road trip of the season, and it's a doozy. They, over the course of this week, have scheduled... Uh, on Friday, we play OKC at home. Then we go on the road and play Portland, Golden State, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, last year, the Pistons struggled mightily against the Western Conference. They went 4-26. and We've started off 0-1 this year, losing to Memphis. And the Pistons were 11-30 and on the road last year. Now, we have pretty much an entire new team. I mean, the core of the Pistons team is so much different than what it was last year. So how do we match up against the 
the Western Conference this year. Let's take a look specifically against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook is back. You know, now Oklahoma City doesn't really have that guy off the bench who can score for them like they've had in the past with Kevin Martin and James Harden. But, you know, they still have Kevin Durant, who's arguably the best player in the NBA. They got Serge Ibaka, who will come in and just shut down the rim, probably better than anyone else in the league. And there's a reason they've been to the NBA Finals within the last two years. They they just they know what it takes to win. Scott Brooks, I can't even say enough about him. He is such a talented coach. And, you know, that's a team that has done it, in my opinion, the right way. They didn't go out there and sign a bunch of star free agents like the Miami Heat or even what the Pistons have done now. They have gotten their success through drafting. And when they know that they can't re-sign the players that they drafted, such as James Harden, they went out there and they traded them and tried to get more assets that way. You know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are a team that other teams around the league should try and emulate because they they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, last year, the Pistons went 0-2 against Oklahoma City. They've lost eight straight in a row to them. But Greg Monroe, he plays very well against Oklahoma City, averaging about 15 points per game against them. The Pistons' front court against the Thunder front court will be Drummond against Kendrick Perkins, Greg Monroe against Abaka, and Josh Smith against Kevin Durant. Will Josh Smith be able to defend the best score in the NBA? Now, you can't expect him to completely shut him down. You can still expect Durant to go out there, get you 25 points, probably eight rebounds. But I think if Smith can limit him to around that, the Pistons have a very good chance to win. Now, will Jennings be able to defend Russell Westbrook? He recently came back. He's only played two games so far, but he has looked absolutely electric. In a game against Dallas on ESPN, he had a slam dunk that was just, oh, it was magnificent. It was one of the best dunks I've seen all season. He just has so much pop in his step right now after getting hurt in the playoffs last year that he's, he looks better than ever. You know, it's interesting to see him and Derrick Rose come back even stronger than when they left the game. Looking at comparisons real quick between the Thunder and Pistons, the Pistons average about two more points per game. Uh, they shoot about two points higher in field goal percentage. Thunder are much better free throw shooting team, shooting close to 82%, where the Pistons are shooting only 72%, which desperately needs to improve for the Pistons. Free throws do so much for your team, and especially when three-point percentage, the Pistons have the edge. They shoot 27%. Thunder only shoot about 25. Uh, rebounds, the Thunder average only about 0.2 more, so that's not that big of a difference. Again, assists per game, Pistons have a very slight edge. Turnovers, they both average about 19 a game. Blocks, both teams are pretty high on the block rank. Uh, the Thunder average 4.8, Pistons average 5.8. You know, both defenses are very talented. Thunder allow about 97 points per game, same as the Pistons. And, you know, it should be a very good matchup. Again, the Pistons, this is probably the best team that they've faced all year, maybe besides the Pacers, who, again, are off to a great start. But Kevin Durant's the most talented player that they've faced up to this point in the season, and that is definitely something to keep an eye on. Will the Pistons be able to shut shut him down? Um, if they allow him to have a game like Paul George had, where he scored 31 points and 10 rebounds, Pistons will lose. You know, unless they shoot the lights out of the ball, which they couldn't do against Indiana. Uh, I don't really like the Pistons' odds in this game, but it should be a fun game to watch. I think this is a game that will be gritty to the end. But the Thunder have that experience on the road, and 
you know, the Pistons just, they aren't quite there yet. So I'll take the Thunder to win that game uh, with the Pistons moving to 2-3, and three, the Thunder moving to 4-1. and one. Then let's take a look at the Portland Trailblazers. Detroit went 1-1 one one against the Trailblazers last season. Rodney Stuckey loves playing Portland, averaging about 22 points per game last year. And, you know, it's the first road trip game for the Pistons out on the West Coast. Detroit has lost six consecutive games on the road to the Trailblazers. As I stated earlier, last year the Pistons were awful on the road, especially against the Western Conference. You know, the Portland's another inexperienced team, uh, led by LaMarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard. And... Yeah, I like I like the Pistons to pull this one out. I think that they match up well against them. Portland is kind of on the rise, but I don't think they have quite the pieces yet. Their first round pick, CJ McCollum, got hurt very early in preseason play and is out for a while. So with that being said, I think the Pistons will move back to five hundred, going to three and three. Again, I've I've mentioned this several times. What makes a true playoff contender? Pistons got to play better on the road, and they have to play better against the opposing conference. This will be a great early test to see how Mo Cheeks has prepared them for travel and for Western Conference play. A lot of interesting games coming up for the Pistons this week and their West Coast trip. And finally, the Pistons are bringing an exciting brand of basketball. Whether they've lost so far or they've won, every game that they've played, you've had an exciting time watching if you've had the ability to watch them so far. And, yeah, I mean, I've absolutely enjoyed it. You, they're nev- they've never been out of a game. You can always tell that they have a chance to come back and win. And from a fan perspective, that's all you want. That's all you can ask for. You know, the Pistons, have, as I talked about in the last show, they struggled to get fans now. They used to be... The Palace of Auburn Hills was one of the hottest places to be back when Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, uh, Rasheed Wallace, and Ben Wallace were leading the charge. But, you know, as of late, there's been no motivation to go to Pistons games, but I think that's finally starting to turn around. I think that the Pistons finally have a team that can go out there and give the fans uh, their money's worth, give them a good family experience, give them an overall good time. Getting into more specifics with players, um, what is going to happen uh, with Luigi Dittome, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Will Bynum? Uh, Dittome played his first minutes of the season against Indiana. He scored two points in 12 minutes. And, you know, he's been battling a sore hammy. What is his role going forward? Pretty much, he is a three-point specialist. The Pistons brought him in because they knew they needed someone to stretch out the floor. And, you know, if Detome can knock down his shots, which he struggled to do against Indiana, but then again, so did everyone else, he will have a good role. He will come in and play probably 15 to 20 minutes a game and probably take four to five three-pointers and hopefully average about nine points a game. That's what I think you can expect from him. Now, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I mentioned how he played 27 minutes in the first game of the season and played a decent amount of time against Memphis, but ever since Rodney Stuckey and Brandon Jennings got back, his role has diminished. Again, as a rookie, how much time can he expect? Not a lot with a team that's hoping to make the playoffs this year. I, I was hoping coming into this season that he would play, again, probably close to 15, 20 minutes a game, but I don't think that's realistic. I would expect for him to play maybe closer to 5 to 10. When you, when you draft in the top 10 in the lottery, you kind of expect to get an immediate impact player who will give you several minutes, whether it's starting or off the bench. But I don't think the Pistons really 
drafted a guy who's going to come in and do that for you right away. I think he's more of a de- developmental player who can have a very good role on this team in the future, but I don't think his time is quite now. That uh, Obviously, that has yet to be determined. He could come in and prove me wrong. I hope he does. But, you know, with the way the Pistons roster stacks up and the way that Will Bynum has played early on in the season and the way that Kyle Singler is playing off the bench, I wouldn't expect Contavious Caldwell-Pope to come in and have that big of a role. Now, again, I just mentioned Will Bynum, who, to start off the season, played tremendously well, filling in for Brandon Jennings. You know, he just has this demeanor about him that he knows that he's not as talented. He knows that this is a short-time gig for him to start, but he comes in, he gives you 110%, and, you know, he's such a little guy. He's just, he's so determined to prove people wrong. His chemistry with Andre Drummond is incredible. You can see that on the court. He's always throwing Andre alley-oops that always seem to get connected. He's just he's electric and fun to watch. Now, when we re-signed him, it was kind of a question mark to me as to why we did that, especially when we went out and signed Chauncey. But, you know, with the injuries the Pistons have had, it's nice to know that we have a guy who can come in, fill in, and do a good enough job to keep Pistons in games and help Pistons win games. Now, I don't think Will Bynum is completely done. I think that he will have a role on this team going forward, but I don't think it'll be very big. I think he'll have a role very similar to Contavious Caldwell-Pope, maybe 5 to 10 minutes a game, the occasional 15-minute game, where he'll average about, I don't know, maybe 4 points and an assist, 2 assists. I think that's good expectations for him, maybe 3 points and 2 assists per game. You know, his, his jump shot, isn't quite on the same level as someone as Jennings and Chauncey Billups, but it's gotten better. But it's just his quickness that's such a big factor for the game. And with a team that wants to play up style, like Mo Cheek says he wants to play, Will Bynum's a perfect fit. He's a great fit for this team. You know, it's a good piece to have on your bench going forward. Now, making a slight transition here to reality, to fantasy, everyone wants to know how... Pistons players are doing in the fantasy world. Yeah, I'm a fantasy basketball player. I have been fortunate enough to draft Andre Drummond and Josh Smith to my team, but here's what you want to know. Who do you want on your team? Who do you want to keep an eye on? Who do you not want on your team? There are four must-haves in all fantasy leagues from a Pistons perspective, and those four are Andre Drummond, Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Brandon Jennings. You can always count on the front court giving you lots of minutes, and adding to the minor categories such as blocks, uh, steals, and rebounds. And Jennings will score for you. He's capable of putting up 40 points every time he plays. He has shown that in the past, that if he can get a shot to fall, he can be one of the best players in the league. A few years ago, he just absolutely lit up the Pistons. Uh, This was his rookie season. Obviously, it's been a while since that happened. But Brandon Jennings has that scoring knack that not a lot of players in the league have. And he's a guy who you definitely want on your team. Uh, now, some people to keep an eye on, Rodney Stuckey, Chauncey Billups, Kyle Singler, and Will Bynum. Now, the first three are guys that you could count on to be on your team every day. In deep 12-team leagues, you might want to own them. I probably wouldn't own them in 10-team leagues. And Will Bynum is a guy who could be a late pickup when someone like Brandon Jennings gets hurt and you need someone to fill in. But I probably wouldn't have many of those guys on your team now. Um, But again, there's someone to keep an eye on and definitely look for them, look at their progression going forward. Again, you're listening to 88.9 WDBM Impact Sports. 
I'm Cameron Billis. This is the Horsepower. Last thing I want to talk about here on this second podcast of the Horsepower is taking a closer look at owner Tom Gorez. Gorez is a guy who's a businessman. He wants people to buy tickets, buy paraphernalia, come in, watch the games, just spend money. And, you know, the Detroit sports have been blessed by pretty much always getting a great product aside from the Lions. And a huge part of that has been uh, owner Mike Illich for the Red Wings and the Tigers. Mike Illich has always shown that he will go out and spend whatever it takes for his team to succeed because he cares about winning more than anything else. He just wants to see championships being won. He's always there for his team. He's always, he's just, he's one of the greatest owners in sports. Now, Tom Gorez, who this year has vowed to have more of a presence in Detroit, where in the past he's normally in LA while the Pistons play. Is Tom Gorez the guy who you want owning this team moving forward? Or would you rather have more of a hands-on guy like Mike Illich, who's willing to do whatever it takes for his team to win. I think I think Gorez, Gorez wants his team to win from a business perspective because he knows that will make them more money. And, you know, it's more power to you because the league is a business. Sports are a business. You need to make money in order to be successful. But, you know, there's something about Mike Illich that's just so heartfelt in the way that he owns his teams. Um, you know, if you ever watch a big... Detroit Tigers press conference or a big Red Wings press conference such as the signing of Prince Fielder Mike Illich is there and his impact is felt everyone talks about how great Mr. I is and just how willing Mr. I is to do whatever it takes to win you know obviously there's nothing that a fan can do about the owner of their team and the impact that they have but it's very interesting to see the difference between the Tom Gorez businessman type owner and the Mike Illich fan type owner. You know, and obviously Mike Illich knows that there is business involved, but you you can see just the impact that sports make on his life compared to what Tom Gorez is trying to do to have sports impact his life. All right, well, this has been... Another great podcast here on 88.9 WDBM Impact Sports, The Horsepower. I'm Cameron Billis. Keep up on all your Pistons news and much, much more in the world of sports at impact89fm.org backslash sports. Again, that's impact89fm.org backslash sports. Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in next time and go Pistons.